Next up, Victoria Chen, Group Product Marketing Lead at Asana. Asana is taking a stand against old ways of working. Businesses are still relying on the technology we've been using for the last 25 years, spreadsheets and email that were never designed for optimal coordination and don't effectively scale. Victoria, tell me about Asana. Sure. Asana is a work management platform that helps teams of all sizes orchestrate their work from daily tasks to larger cross-functional strategic initiatives. And with Asana, teams and organizations have a living system of clarity where everyone, regardless of where they're located, regardless of their function or role level, can see, discuss, and execute on their team's priorities. And tell me, what is Asana's story and the point of view when it's going to market? What is the story it's telling? Yeah, absolutely. Well, when I think about the origins of Asana, our founders, Dustin and JR, found inspiration in Buddhist principles to center and guide the product they wanted to build, to bring ease, focus, and flow to a world that's otherwise full of chaos. And you can see that over the course of the last year, it's become especially relevant as well. There was certainly chaos within 2020 and certainly in in the early parts of 2021. And people really had to change the way they were working, sometimes almost entirely. And so with Asana, we were very lucky to have centered the vast majority of our work around our own product. And so the rapid shift to remote work affected us in the sense that we had to move from in-person meetings to Zoom meetings, but all the rest of our work still continued to happen in Asana. And we saw that with many of our customers as well. While in all the interviews and research that we've conducted over the last year, we've observed that with the rapid shift to remote work, there was really a, a massive uptick in adoption for digital collaboration technologies. I think we saw a stat from IDC that said the adoption of collaborative technologies accelerated by five years in a few months at the beginning of the pandemic. And the uptick in digital collaboration tools didn't necessarily lead to people being more productive. They were investing more effort, but not necessarily seeing more in terms of impact. And one of the reasons that contributed to this, aside from all the stress and unfortunate things happening across the world, there was this massive uptick in digital collaboration tools for every use case. There was a lot more fragmentation. Our anatomy of work survey showed that the average enterprise worker was switching between an average of 10 tools about 25 times a day. And with that, that takes up a lot of time. It wastes a lot of time for people. Like all the Zoom and Slack bombardment, yeah. Exactly. Zoom, Slack, or all the different functional tools you might be using, whether it's Adobe or Salesforce or any of these different tools. Some might have integrations, some may not. But as an employee, you find yourself switching between each of these context switching, tool switching. And what Asana offers is a living system of clarity that connects to the most important productivity tools to bring all of your work into one place. So Asana is in a highly competitive space. You have your traditional project management tools, and then you have the new way notions and quotas and all kinds of tools like this collaboration, productivity, a number of categories, right? So it's insane amount of competition. What is Asana competing on? Well, I love this question because the way it was initially phrased was, are we competing on better or different? We believe we're competing on both. And so Asana is the only platform within our category that truly creates clarity for organizations, teams, and individuals. 
So I'll break this down into each of those three categories, the organizations, teams, and individuals. So at the organization level, Asana is the only platform that connects goals with the work needed to achieve them. So we're the only platform within our category with goals natively built in so that everyone can see how their work contributes to broader company goals. So leaders get real-time visibility into how that work is progressing across initiatives that matter to them, even if they span multiple departments or regions. And individuals get clarity into how their work as an employee at the task level or project level contributes to the higher level company goals so that they stay more engaged and can understand how their work meaningfully contributes. So at the team level, Asana is the only collaboration solution that keeps teams across the org in sync based on the same underlying data without duplicating work across teams or tools. And so that has to do with our work graph data model, which enables a single project to live in multiple portfolios, a single milestone project or portfolio to be associated with multiple goals. This is a feature that we call multi-homing. It's unique to Asana and allows Asana to serve as that single source of truth. And it's such a powerful feature that multi-homing is used by 97% of our customers with an annual spend over 5,000. And at the individual level, Asana is designed to maximize personal productivity. So other tools focus on team projects, but neglect individual productivity. And we've built an individual task manager into the platform that helps individuals prioritize and manage their work across multiple projects. It's like a dynamic to-do list generated from their organization's work graph in real time. And so we believe that those are our three core points of differentiation in terms of clarity at the organization level, team level, and for individuals. Now that's amazing stuff because a lot of organizations struggle with finding that onlyness. So how hard was it for you guys to like nail that this is the onlyness we're competing on? That's a good question. Was it figured out years ago? Did it involve a thousand people or was it like CEO's vision or like how did it come about and how long has this been? These three pillars have been around. It's not something that we figured out years ago. It's definitely something we have thought about our points of differentiation over time. They've definitely evolved based on what we've been hearing from customers, what we have also been observing with competitors, since we do have quite a crowded space and many formidable competitors who are really fast and in their development. And so this was the evolution after speaking to a lot of our customers, doing lots of win-loss interviews and working with our sales teams, our champions, our community to deeply understand why they choose Asana, why they've chosen Asana versus others, and also talking to the accounts that we've lost as well and deeply understanding why they've chosen others over Asana. How do you motivate people to tell you this thing? So especially those who didn't choose you, like are you giving them incentives? How does that work? Yes. So in our win-loss interviews, we have offered some incentives to have conversations with us. Yes. Is that part of your regular process? If you don't win a deal, move them into this win-loss interview path? I wouldn't say that it happens in an automatic way, but we are always interested in hearing stories from our revenue organization about why we're winning, why we're losing. And at certain touch points, we will conduct win-loss interviews. So when I look at your website, those three pillars that you talked about are nowhere to be seen. And so when do people get exposed to those three points of differentiation? Is it only when they talk to sales or how are you guys thinking about this? Sure, absolutely. And so when we talk about these 
three points of differentiation. We don't necessarily use the same language that I've just spoken about now. We try to put it into the context of different use cases and customer outcomes rather than these high-level concepts about the organization team and individual to make sure that it resonates with our audiences. And so we're doing this in a few different ways across the funnel. So you had mentioned sales. Yes, that's certainly an area that we're really focusing on. We have a relatively new sales narrative and pitch deck that brings out these three pillars of differentiation and the business value that these can deliver for our customers through the lens of different customer stories, through the lens of customer outcomes and metrics, and deeply understanding what matters to our customers to enable our sales team to tailor these three points of differentiation in a way that will resonate with their customers. So we'll have options for them in terms of different customer stories they can choose from or customer quotes to help tell those, to help bring to life those different points of differentiation. And so that's one example at the bottom of the funnel. When we think about mid funnel, there is, actually, I guess this is kind of an example of both top of funnel and mid funnel. We, we just launched a brand campaign this month about breaking down silos. And so this leans into one of the pillars of differentiation around cross-team clarity and collaboration. And so while we don't explicitly talk about team efficiency and cross-functional work, we say things like, imagine if musicians couldn't collaborate, your playlist wouldn't exist. And then imagine if your marketing team couldn't speak to finance, this radio ad wouldn't exist. And so the tagline there is something like, silos hold good ideas hostage and Asana makes sure you and your team can collaborate in harmony. So that's one example of how we're bringing it to life in an ad that will then connect with a specific landing page on our website to ensure that there's pull through with that same concept and that messaging. And another example of, of how we're thinking about another pillar of differentiation around individual productivity is Actually, today we are hosting a Focus and Flow Summit with thought leaders like Adam Grant on achieving focus, flow, and productivity in a distracted world. So bringing together a collection of thought leaders to give input on how to get into the right mindset to enable productivity among all of the chaos that's happening and tying it to some of the, the pieces in our, our product that actually enable those states of individual productivity. So you have a lot of different channels where you're then telling your story. You have sales and you have your website, obviously, of social media, content marketing efforts, events. How do you make sure that everybody is aligned on the same story? How do different teams collaborate? Where does the story live? And, and is there a story police that goes around and makes sure that everybody's on the same page? Tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is definitely an ongoing challenge, especially as an organization or a marketing organization really gets larger. But we also look at it as a really good opportunity to ensure that we have effective internal coordination, particularly through our product. So all of our work within Asana happens through our core product. And when we think about internal coordination, to do that effectively, what it requires is making sure that you have global teams that are aligned on a single platform for collaborating, planning, and tracking their work. You also need to make sure that you have clarity and accountability into who's doing what by when. And you also need to provide visibility 
into real-time progress across teams, particularly as those as different messages evolve, as we're observing new trends in the market, as new campaigns are going out and we're getting feedback or real-time data on how those campaigns are performing. And at Asana, we use our own product to manage all of these different campaigns and launches and to track progress, to share updates. We have a lot of templates in place as well to make it really easy for our various teams to get started quickly and follow consistent processes. And we, we essentially use our product as an intranet as well to ensure that all of the resources are all in one place. The communication is right where the work is happening and that people have visibility into data and progress into what's resonating and what's not resonating. How do you guys organize your brand and the product marketing side of things? So like positioning, messaging, how do those things go together? When you say, well, we have a core high level brand positioning document that informs all of the other positioning and messaging that we have, whether it's for a product launch or a brand campaign or a demand gen campaign. And so we typically start out with that higher level core brand positioning document. And then we think about the more specific feature positioning or campaign messaging as subsets of that overall brand positioning. And so feature launch messaging, for example, we believe that it should stem from that broader umbrella company mission and brand promise while taking into account more specific customer needs or certain market trends, as well as different points of differentiation versus our competitors. And we might need to tailor certain things based on the specific target audience or a certain customer pain point or a specific use case. And so the broader brand positioning should be related to, to everything that we do, while you might see more specific value props that we hone in on for certain audiences or features. So all the teams from sales to brand to product marketing and social, they're all constantly referencing this mother document, basically. Well, I don't know that our sales team is actively referencing that original brand document, but what we do within product marketing is the messaging frameworks that we create within product marketing, we start initially with that broader brand positioning document. We have a template in place for positioning and messaging frameworks that links to that original document. And so we'll create something that is more tailored for a specific audience or a specific launch. And then we will use that document to share with all of the different cross-functional teams we're partnering on for that specific initiative, whether it's sales enablement, whether it's a, a social media campaign, whether it's a multi-channel product launch, the core messaging document that we create for that is derived from the broader, higher level brand positioning. And you said you're not sure if sales is using that. So how independent or separate is sales and how is the messaging that ends up in their pitch deck? How is that organized? Oh, well, to clarify, what I meant was that it's probably unlikely for our sales team to reference that original brand position document. However, when we provide assets to our sales team, when we deliver trainings to our sales team, when we put together a pitch deck, it's very, very much based 
on those core messages that we've created for that specific audience or for that specific launch that is ultimately derived from that original messaging document. So as marketers, we will make sure that there is messaging pull through in all of the different customer facing assets in the communications with the revenue org, even though we're not necessarily sharing that original core messaging framework, we'll make sure it comes through in the, the actual assets and the communications. In software, it's relatively easy to copy your competitors. And you have a lot of hungry, ambitious competitors. And it sounds to me that a lot of your differentiation is currently feature-based, product-led differentiation. So if we imagine five years or whatever number of years into the future, if somebody is really eager to copy your features, they can. And if you look at like, you know, in CRMs or marketing automation, this has already happened where top 10 tools in any category are basically identical. And so the only difference is the brand difference between the tools. So how are you thinking about that looking into the future? Are you building any sorts of brand modes? What's your perspective on this? Well, as we think about the future, one of the pieces that we know we're going to continue focusing on no matter what is our customers. So at Asana, our customers are our number one inspiration. We firmly believe that it's never too early to connect with our customers to validate our messaging, to validate our roadmap. And so we will continue taking inputs to understand what matters to them, what they're looking forward to, what they believe is the future for them. We'll also take a lot of inputs from the market, from industry analysts. We have active conversations with analysts like Gartner Forrester and IDC to get input on our longer term roadmap, on some of our big bets within our product. And so we are constantly taking insights from a variety of sources and really, really focused on making sure that we're doing as much research as possible to think about what are the possibilities with the future of work. And some of the pieces that we hope to continue investing in, aside from making sure that we are staying in close touch with our customers, staying in close touch with industry analysts to see what trends they're observing, is we want to continue investing in making sure that Asana is as intuitive and easy to use as an iPhone, as well as sophisticated enough to handle the most complex workflows for the world's largest companies as well. So we believe that intuitive UI and navigation are going to remain critically important to ensure the value and usability of our product. And this is an area that we're really proud of now because we've heard from many of our customers, many review sites that we're really a leader. And this is one of the reasons why people choose Asana and continue to choose Asana. And so that's one of the areas that we'll likely continue focusing on. Aside from that, we know that there's a lot of different possibilities with the future of work. Another area that we're heavily investing in is our partner ecosystem. And so today we have over 200 integrations with some of the world's leading apps and tools, whether it comes to productivity apps, communications apps, security integrations, things like that. And we are going to continue investing to make sure that not only are we building out of the box integrations with the best in class, best of breed apps and tools out there, we're also going to be heavily investing in our platform and our open API to ensure that we are opening up a variety of capabilities to developers across the world to build on our platform. 
Thank you so much for coming on, Victoria. Thank you for having me.